Hello. So we're recording. <laughs> Yay. All right. So it's us again. And so Lynette and I hope that um, those that are listening will get to enjoy our friendly combo about yet another message that we listened to that just uh, took us back through memory lane. It's Deny Yourself, preached by Trent on January 5th, 2002. These are living room messages, I think. And it was like about a year before you came to the ministry, right? Yes. Yeah. I was still not yet a disciple. I was just a groupie. I was following everybody. <laughs> so um, so we'll get to praying first, and then we can start off on the combo. Sounds good? Yeah. All right. Lynette, you want to pray? Sure. Uh, God, thank you for this time. Thank you for allowing us to do this together. Um, <clears throat> I love this time that we have together, and I love being able to provide something for those listening who just want to uh, be fed or helped or feel not alone. So I thank you for that, and I appreciate and I'm grateful for everything that you do for us. I pray this in your son's holy name. Amen. Amen. So deny yourself. Um, great message. Um, well, all of these messages are packing a punch, especially in our review of them as adults, because I think I was barely 22. Oh, no, I was just barely 21. <laughs> um, you were still in like the UCF campus, right? Uh, or the Valencia campus ministry? Um, Valen oh, yeah, yeah. I I was a mess somewhere else. Yes, <laughs> you were a mess. <laughs> Actually, what is it? The fifth? Yeah, I hadn't become yeah. a disciple. I was studying. You were just studying. Mm -hmm. I became a disciple on the twenty third of January, <clears throat> two thousand two. I was just a groupie. <laughs> I was constantly <laughs> calling them everywhere. Um, so obviously, us reviewing this as adults after having a more seasoned life and being able to put the goggles of adulthood onto it, I mm. do think it gives, again, a different flavor to our, our like, review of it, but it, it also helps us see the gaps in our foundational lives, you know? And so, you know, when he first starts and starts talking about Matthew, I believe Matthew 4, and Lynette, if you want to be the one that reads the passages, just for the, you know, to be able sure. to... Yes. Okay. So Matthew four, starting in verse one, it says, then Jesus was led by the spirit into the desert to be tempted by the devil. After fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. The tempter came to him and said, if you are the son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Jesus answered, it is written, man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. And, you know, with that said, it's like he had a right to eat, right? And and Trent talks about it, like he has a right to eat. And instead, he denied himself and his basis for denying himself, his thought process, like what Trent was preaching, was if he can deny himself of this, then he can truly be able to be steered by God, you know, not by anything else that might filter in, you know, even things that he has a right to. Right. And it's 
like a right to eat food, you know? And it impressed, you know, it impressed me that I missed some of this stuff when I was younger, but I, I don't, I think God reveals different truths at different times, humbly to, to us in, in when it's the right season, but I think he reveals it in a way that helps, like for me, for instance, right now, with the whole denying myself. It's, you know, I, I look back and I think I was basic and thought when I first listened to this message is like, well, you know, I'm not sinning. You know, I'm, I'm denying myself there. It's like, no, no, you're repenting. You're repenting and you're conforming to a Christ-like, um, you know, a way of being. That's different. You know, this is more being able to maybe even start touching upon the scriptures or the message about being refined pruned and disciplined, you know, and really mm -hmm. maturing and being able to say no to things that you, if you can say no to things you have a right to, what can you not say no to, you know? Right. And, you know, he goes on and says, um, a great question to ask yourself, because, you know, again, people like me probably confused it a little bit or kind of moved on to the next message, because um, there were weekly messages that were being preached and Maybe we were overstuffing ourselves at times and not really slowing down and understanding. Um, so the one question he asked in it is, um, you know, what can I, you know, ask the right question. What can I deny myself that is not sin, but if I say no to, I can truly follow Jesus. And that was like, that question was, you know, it, it really rang like a bell for me. Did it do that for you? Yes, it made me examine my life and, you know, if there is there anything that okay, so there's the stuff I deny myself, but is there anything else I need to deny myself of that isn't sin? And so it did have me uh, examine my life a little further. What's something that you would say you're denying yourself of, you know, currently in this season? Um, in line with what we just listened to? So it would be the uh, TV watching. Um, my daughter just recently got her license and she is, you know, taking her brothers to school now. So now I have all this extra time <laughs> on my hands. And so it's easy for me to think like, oh, well, you know, I've worked so hard and I, you know, I've taken care of them for so long that let me just take some time for myself and just relax for a little bit. And I, I just can't do that. <laughs> It'll get carried away, right? It will. I'll get lost. I'll start, you know, as the as the world likes to say, binge watching. And next thing you know, five hours later, it's like, oh, look at that. I've just wasted half a day. Like, oh, what would you have been watched? <clears throat> I can't even say the word right. Binge watched. Oh, binge, binge watched. I, I don't know. Pick it. I could pick anything and watch it. Um, so I have no idea. I think I would have been, and with TV, I think I would have had that probably a problem in the 2000s. And I think what I liked was a lot of the like the criminal shows. Like, what is that? Law and Order. I guess uh, that thing is like 40 years old. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and I still remember the, the theme song. Dun, 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 dun. dun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's funny. 
and then all of it oh and star trek i'm such a nerd Ooh, star trek huh yeah yeah that's funny yeah i don't know for me i like sitcoms so it'd have to be you know like if there was a friends or or something that i love just sitting back uh, you know not having to think i do like the thriller ones where you have to figure out but Uh mostly i like just you know me up in the clouds i like being happy and funny and like oh that's hilarious (laughs) and just yeah go years on end watching that in like five days <laughs> five days later the whole house is a mess <laughs> the kids eating i don't know maybe <laughs> like, they're still alive i think the body can survive 30 days without food <laughs> horrible oh we laugh but the truth is that that could really be you know very detrimental especially in today's you know there is a star trek episode by the way that was a bit prophetic. It was in the, the original 1960s uh, or 1970s. I can't remember, but I remember Captain Kirk. <laughs> um, he <laughs> he was he had somebody had created a game that was hypnotic, and it was on a tablet that looks like the iPad. And um, his whole crew was basically, and you know, the older versions compared to the newer versions was less serious. It was more kooky and hokey, you know. And um, but his whole crew was addicted to this. So who was steering? Who was in engineering? Who was, you know, in the thrusters? Who was, you know, and the Klingons were coming. I don't even think the Klingons were there, but who knows? It was just like, it was like, I'm like, now that is exactly like they prophesized basically that this mm. is going to be the future. Because when you go outside, everybody has a screen. Even like little babies and toddlers have a screen in their face, yeah. you know? Yeah, and it really disconnects people. It really makes them more mechanical, robotic, and just disengaged from life and so far from the truth. Yeah, especially when it's at your phone. Yeah, you can watch anything anywhere. Yeah. That's that's crazy, yeah. Yeah. Now, you had mentioned, um, you know, idleness. And is there a scripture that kind of anchors you in this um, thought, like, as far as, you know right thank you for asking there is oh i'm a segue girl (laughs) in ecclesiastes 10 starting in verse 18 that's only one verse but uh it says if a man is lazy the rafters sag if his hands are idle the house leaks and that's really uh for me to keep before me uh, because, yeah, my house will be in shambles if I just binge watch TV all day. <clears throat> There's always stuff to do, something to clean, organize, or upkeep, you know, and uh, errands to run and things like that. So I definitely have to <clears throat> keep from being idle. So is this, and this is the digging part, right? So uh, you had mentioned that you you keep like a calendar right like a schedule for yourself a schedule yes um you know so this isn't like an overnight thing this is more like something that may have uh, been longer than just like you know the last couple of weeks right so I don't know kind of uh is one of those things that can trail and accumulate accumulate <laughs> over time so do you want to talk a little bit about that like like what is like something that really just maybe, you know, really repulsed you spiritually, spiritually, where you were like, oh, 
yeah, this has to change. Um, <clears throat> interesting. Uh, like having to do with my idleness. Yes. Um, where it was on such a gross display that you're like, you know, I'm even, I'm even turned off by this, you know. Right. Okay. So, and it's funny because lately, whenever I see like just stuff on the floor, I I start sweeping. Like it's not my day to sweep, but I'm gonna sweep it because it just it bothers me. But I have certain closets and I have certain drawers that are junk. Like, oh, my closet uh-huh. is a storage closet, right? Right. But it turns into where it was neatly stored <laughs> to now it's this pile of who knows what. Yeah. Um. And then my drawers that I constantly have to reorganize because they start off nice and then people start putting stuff in there. Next, you know, it's a bunch of junk in there. Um, But this closet, this particular closet I have that uh, whenever I think of it, I'm like, like (laughs) the bane of my existence. (laughs) I I, I cannot. And and so it's constantly having to just redo that closet because it's my storage. It's where I just but everything yeah and so uh so our, our, the last go around which you did I think a month ago you know just in the whole hey it's a new year let's reorganize this refresh I had the kids go through their stuff hey get rid of stuff um whatever you don't play with don't need it's time to and so we went through that closet and got rid of a whole bunch of stuff in there and was able to organize it again I'm like okay so, but things like that, where I just see things that are just like, just give you that twitch of just like, I got to do something about this. Like, no more. Do you think that your idleness um, may have spread to your kids? Or, you know, is that part of like the collateral damage of that sin being unattended to? Interesting. Um. Yes, uh, because our kids would rather um, be on Roblox and watching movies. Like the weekends, they think are, oh, okay, we can't watch TV or be on our iPads during the week. But the weekend, it's a free-for-all. And all of a sudden, they're like going to watch TV all day long. And it's like, no, no, no. You can watch maybe a movie, maybe an hour on Roblox, but this isn't an all-day thing. Like... We're not doing that. But yeah, they had developed that kind of habit and desire of like, oh, like we can do this forever. And it's like, oh, no, don't do this forever. <laughs> yeah. And it, it could really lead to a very surfacey life, you know, where you don't, where, where no one else kind of engages in anything that can enrich them. Because that's the danger of TV, right? It, yeah. it does the thinking for you. It does the... Um, you know, it does a feeling for you. Like it manipulates people's emotions to react in a certain way. I mean, there's a whole slew of people that that's just made for selling something, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> like marketing something. If you're watching it long enough, it'll have something it's trying to sell you. <laughs> right. You know? So we recently just got our boys books uh, and specifically one for each one that'll enrich mm-hmm. them and it'll just be good for them and it'll challenge them too. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we have them kind of reading every night instead of, you know, X, Y, Z. Right. Or they can play, like they have games and toys, but it's so funny because I, 
it's hilarious when they come down and they're like, we don't know what to do. It's like with all these toys and games, it's like, then why do you have them if you're not going to play with them? Like you have all this stuff that, you know, Jamie always tells them, use your imagination. (laughs) And then, but then the kids can respond with, use yours first. (laughs) (laughs) Stop watching TV and binge watching friends. (laughs) But, um, you know, I, and I ask these questions because it really helps people get to know us, but it also gets uh, it, it gets to flesh out a little bit more of the conversation, right? So obviously, when we podcast, it's a little bit different. We kind of, unfortunately, we try not to, but we do kind of filter ourselves a little bit because there is a deeper conversation to be had. Um, you know, the collateral damage of our sin is always... You don't go to hell alone and you don't go to heaven alone. <laughs> and if you're going to go somewhere and you're aiming for heaven, you know, take your, take your people with you. Right. So right. being more godly, more righteous, you know, in living can really help people, you know, not that you can, you know, sur- supplant God or Christ and have people not live their own former way of life that God has to work them out of, but it's more like, can we not be like a stumbling block, right? Mm-hmm. Can our idleness be removed so that our children can have a better example of what, you know, refreshing, it's more refreshing to live in a, in a, what is it, in a more, uh, like, in a more hardworking way, like, when you're, when you're busy with your hands, and your tasks are getting done, and like, just understanding I think that what you read was perfect, like the Ecclesiastes about the mm-hmm. rust, they're sagging, you know? Yeah, just, no, I, you know. I, I told this to my husband where I notice that if, <clears throat> you know, so drift days, right? If we were on our phones or watching TV, the kids wanted to do that. But if we are doing stuff, being busy, then they tend to do the other things. They don't gravitate towards that. Um, right. So we kind of set that example for them. Uh, right. The other thing too is like, if we're outside, so say we're like in the garage or something, then they play outside. They kind of be want to be wherever we are. And so as long as we make it uh, like, I don't know, accessible or, you know, uh, show them the way a sense uh, and then yeah. they kind of follow yeah it's it's higher quality of living you're showing there's more high visibility to that so they don't settle for this low existence it's a low life existence to have something think for you feel for you and it all this time is just selling to you you know right um in and in that same spirit um i'll segue into my situation right like so when I was listening to this message, um, it's a season that's very strange for me. 2002, uh, you would consider me an adult mute. <laughs> I wasn't much of a speaker. I mean, I was barely even a verb in a sentence. I mean, that was my responses were like far and few between. I was very mousy. And, you know, fast forward 20 years forward, um, it's quite the opposite. I'm in a season where I need to restrain my words. And um, though I have a right to speak, especially when you're in a disagreement with somebody, though, or even just trying to share your view on something that might 
uh, enlighten someone, right? Because they're going the wrong way and you're like, oh, I can show you the right direction. Let me turn left, turn right, whatever. Don't do this, do this. You know, whenever you feel this, let me t give you this advice. And and I'm in a season where God's, if I could just slow down long enough to be more sensitive of when God wants me to speak and then speak the words that God wants me to speak and nothing more and nothing less, that's like that fine tuning um, that I humbly can say I don't have. I think I'm excessive uh, with words when it comes to especially disagreement. I have a sense of urgency um, that isn't godly. It just re really reveals my impatience. And I, if I keep digging, I think at the core of me, um, I do struggle with a great sense of unbelief. And you know, how I came to Christ was a little bit wonky because obviously I was uh, a groupie for three years. I was just following this group of people, the ministry, our family. But at that time, I was just 19 till 23. Um, really just for at least uh, three years, there was a deep relationship with Joe now, the person who, um, the disciple who, who taught me the Bible, but, um, and, and proclaimed the good news to me, right? Um, and inspired this beautiful friendship um, that la lasted and endured a three-year period of time in my life where I just did not uh, speak. And so much of my life was, um, it, it was very about holding secrets because so much, so much of it was instilled by me, my, my parents, you know, uh, going through so much trauma, don't say anything, we might get in trouble, you know, mm. don't say anything or the family will break apart, you know, and, and obviously, I was, I was going through a lot of physical and sexual abuse uh, when I was very young. But that stuck. That was the way of life. And that was the best way to keep, keep the quote unquote, peace, right? Even though it wasn't a real peace, it was a peace piece, right? And um, I just, you know, I take that into adulthood. So it's cool that you and Jamie are, are able to have your eyes wide open about that drift and how part of the collateral damage was your kids, you know, uh, emulated you guys and basically did what you guys did and became a Star Trek episode. <laughs> Everybody <laughs> in front of a tablet. <laughs> and so... Um, I I did the same thing. I was just always a quiet person, but had a lot to say in my head. And so it was always, you know, uh, just hoarding a lot of attitudes. Uh, and to unpack that took a long time. But my great unbelief that even God existed, it took fasting for me to even believe. And I think at the core of me, that is still something that at times um, not doubt God's existence, just got just doubt God's involvement, and um, and and that is uh, that is a way for Satan to come in with a little bit of a doubt, and then I end up deviating and think, well, by my own effort, and what has uh, ended up happening is quite the opposite of peace when you think that you can win an argument and I can win these arguments. I'm not dealing with Einstein level or, you know, debaters here, right? And I'm not either. But so what ends up happening, though, even though I'm right, I have good examples, I have evidence and proof, and everything's very compelling. 
and persuasive, it does not matter because at the end of the day, I end up using way too many words in situations that only God can really deliver those people. And I step in, get in the way, and I basically bring to life uh, the warning of James 3. And I'm going to read it because it's such a cool, um, just a cool revelation of the heart on this. Um, and, and knowing that a lot of what I'm doing is just stemming from, I think, a thorn on my side, which is unbelief and um, how anxiety spuns me out of control. I end up overeating and becoming a glutton. But a lot of it stems from this uh, um, unbelief that God is involved in, in, in certain things. Um, not his existence, just his involvement, uh, which is crazy. And so James 3 says, not many of you should presume to be teachers, right? My brothers, because you know that we who teach will be judged more strictly. And uh, I think I want to fast forward it and read where it says James 3.3. 3. <laughs> when we put bits into the mouth of horses to make them obey us, we can turn the whole animal. Or take shifts as an example. Uh, although they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are steered by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants to go. Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts, which I do. Consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. The tongue also is a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole person, sets the whole course of his life on fire, and is itself set on fire by hell. <laughs> now, many things are described that way in the Bible. And <laughs> I have a tongue that is itself set on fire by hell. And I think in the season of having, you know, just being married uh, to, a, to, a, to, a, to a person that isn't, uh, you know, a believer like me, um, doesn't, you know, have the same, um, the same structure of discipline when it comes to what I was taught about the Bible you know, and, and has is more religious, right? And and I don't recognize this transformative spirit um, that takes place in him. The problem, though, is that I become this very condemning, judgmental, self-righteous, um, overbearing, heavy-handed um, discourager, um, even if I'm saying the right things, even if, even if what I'm saying is the correct thing. Um, very unapproachable, um, and so I, I created an, an environment that I think for him and even my eldest daughter, I, and this could be true about uh, my youngest daughter, but I think I've created an environment, even though I'm, you know, I'm kind-hearted, tender-hearted, loving, and nurturing, my level of anxiety and my sense of urgency to jump in and try to save people with words has created an environment where they can't subsist without being dishonest. Hmm. And it actually has encouraged dishonesty, brazenness. Um, it has encouraged uh, underground planning and doing, right? Um, and I just remember the season that, you know, and Trent talked about this openly, so I don't mind sharing it, but Trent who preached this message, but 
in his later years when he and Shao were going through the season, right, of the, ba the battle royale, as <laughs> I describe it, where, you know, Trent goes on the road and, and Shao is um, his lighthouse, his home base. And she has to remain that. And how does she remain that? Suffering that by using many words. And, and you know, I am not yet sensitive to that level of when God um, wants me to just shut up, you know? And a lot of it is because I, since I don't deny myself any time of speech, though it's my right to speak, right? <laughs> just like Jesus had the right to eat. I am louder. I, I'm too loud for me to be able to hear the gentle whisper of instruction that God is trying to get me to just, hey, simmer down. Um, you know, because if you, and this led me to um, 1 Peter 4, 1. And Lynette, I don't know if you want to go ahead and read that. Um, that's that part of suffering in the body. Therefore, since Christ suffered in his body, arm yourself also with the same attitude, because he who has suffered in his body is done with sin. As a result, he does not live the rest of his earthly life for evil human desires, but rather for the will of God. Yeah, it's like you can become way more focused and sharp and hone in really on what God wants of, of you and, and to be the small rudder that God can steer things with mm -hmm. not because a rudder is kind of being the one that steers it you know um, that's really what humbly I want to be um, but I, I do hand myself in it as to being a very um, combative um, and quarrelsome individual and boisterous in a way you know um, and it's it's icky it's repulsive you know and yeah. do you um do you have like I don't know like dates with your daughters maybe individually or even with your husband where they can speak freely and you don't say anything um we have dates but have I done the exercise of not talking no <laughs> <laughs> I think that would be good for you to because you know my husband has to do the same thing with our daughter where he has to allow her opportunities to be able to share without him uh, giving his correction or insight or opinion or anything and it's like you know um, and that could be good where you could just take them out and you're not going to say a word and just let them kind of speak and share. Um, you know, uh, my daughter last night, it was really cute last night, just sat on the couch with my husband and he was quiet the entire time. It was like, I don't know, 25, 30 minutes of her just going on and on of things in school and things that she notices and things that have happened or is gonna happen or whatever, like she just was sharing and it was beautiful. And, and he just sat there and listened and it was, it was good, and it's good for the both of them, you know? Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it was really beautiful to watch. Uh, yeah, I think that's, that's good advice. I mean, we go out on dates, but it's a lot of, um, it's a lot of activities and doing things and watching, like, you know, like a museum, the zoo. But, um, so there isn't that whole, at least it took me out on the date, like, two weeks ago, 
to the Aww. Barnes and Noble. Um, and I thought it was so cute because she bought me my little shy tea and she started talking, but um, it was really hard because she like has so many questions and in my head, I'm like, how am I gonna not speak but speak? <laughs> but I understand like it's not, <laughs> not to be silent, it's to be tactful and prompt but mm-hmm. prompted by what, you know? And I know that I'm prompted by fear too much and mm-hmm. I'm prompted by anxiety too much. So I think if, if I, right now, just listening to this message and understanding that I'm still at the core dealing with this level of unbelief about God's involvement. Right. Um, and I have to be a fan. And even if he's not involved at the levels that I think he should be, not my not my gig like this guy is yeah. ever knowing I'm like who am I like who am I, I to think that I know when he should get involved into what degree right so no I I agree with the whole unbelief too because I, I know my common phrase to my husband is like that's cool I'll let God make it clear <laughs> and it's like you don't want to agree with me? Hey, that's fine. And it, hey, I could be wrong too, but it's like, <laughs> hey, either way, God's going to let it be known, right? He's yeah. going to make it clear. And so it's like, I don't have to fight or win or, you know, make the case. Yeah. It's like, I'll let God make the case. So yeah, yeah, there is some of that where it's like, all right, I got to let God make the case. I don't have to make the case. I feel like I act like I'm EMT, you know, <laughs> I'm getting on the scene, crash cart, you know? <laughs> It's like Judy, uh, slow down. Uh, she just had a paper cut. <laughs> like, right. Where God, the involved. doctor, is standing. Like, yeah, <laughs> you gonna let me come in and evaluate? No, yeah, you're yeah. gonna take it over. Okay. No, I think this is infected. <laughs> Give me the antibiotics. Bring on the sepo. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, we're gonna amputate this thing. It's gonna go gangrene. Oh gosh. <laughs> yeah. So, in my um. In that, though, the first step is to hand myself in. So I, I've already spoken to two or three imp- impacted victims in my household. Uh, Vanessa is my last one, and I, I want to talk to her about it. But um, <laughs> ironic, talk to her about talking too much. <laughs> but I'm learning. And I think the best thing is that right now I'm not all put together. It is better this season where I do speak than it was in the season where I listened to this message, right? I was part of an audience and the vast majority of that audience wasn't um, willing to dig and be humble, right? You know, mm-hmm. so a lot of the hearers during that message aren't here, aren't devout, you know, devoted to Christ or anything like that, right? So I, I still prefer this season in the sense that at least, you know, in that season, I probably was just listening and, and did not really hear what was being said in this message. In this season, I am so eager and earnest in wanting to to listen to it, figure out, you know, what what can what can refine me so that I could be a better um, tool for God. Because I do think that right now I'm, I'm a little dulled out and I got a little rusty, and you know, there's. You know, he's been very mercy, merciful and graceful and gracious and letting us be able to revisit this, you know, um, mm. 
we still got life in us so we can actually listen to this, you know. I have contemporaries who have died, you know, in the last couple of years. And, and you know, the chapter's closed there for them. And then we have the opportunity yeah. to, like, revisit. And it's um, it's super cool. And I think it gives us the ultimate, you know, ability to understand that um, it also, honestly, it also is going, it's kind of, <laughs> I'm a little nervous about this because I just am a person that is too anxious, right? Um, I am really looking forward to being relieved of the responsibility or duty of having to win people over mm. with words. Yeah. And it's like, can we just, uh, you know, can I vacate the, the, the premises? It's like, no, let God deal with it that and and he's a much better medic than I am mm -hmm. <laughs> I would have cut your finger off over that paper cut he will probably you know I don't know and so um yeah he'll help grow a limb I don't know right <laughs> or you, you need two fingers oh you'll have seven on one hand you know he's it he is just better better at this than I am and I understand that I operate out of a anxiety that is louder than God and um, I need to just keep being as open and go after that as much as possible so that's where you know this message just was really appropriate especially in the season of being in a marriage where I, I want to be a, a, a follower of Christ I want to be a disciple I want to be someone that thinks about God when I wake up and you know goes to work and comes home and just want to be this uh, home base for people you know I, I admire what Shaw was able to do for Trent and her people while there there were some you know seasons of of uncertainty you know yeah and, yeah I, I liked it too it was a good uh you know it has me look getting a closer look at my life um you know my example was something that isn't currently, but uh, you know, it, it does have me consider more because I could easily just be like, oh, I'm good. And it's like, no, I'm not good. God's just like, no, no, no. You need to keep examining, keep refining, keep, you know, becoming yeah. more. And it's like, it's easy to just be like, oh, I'm good. And we're never good. <laughs> no. There's always more to get to, which is cool. I like, yeah. I look forward to that. I like it. I yeah. get excited yeah. for that. Yeah, and I think um, we did talk about more and more in one of our podcasts. And yeah, <laughs> welcome more. <laughs> you got baptized. There's more. <laughs> you're 20 years in. There's more. Yeah. And, that's, and that's so cool because you're right. Uh, it does end up creating this opportunity for us to understand we have not yet arrived. There's such an opportunity for us to be able to work through things and then maybe through that process we can then relate to others easier right easily and then we can also you know draw them probably through our through our way of navigating and through our openness about it navigate them to this you know really good um you know i, I can't use a different word but database <laughs> a spiritual like wisdom right so that's what the bible is right and it's like maybe that way they could finally get the answers to the the que questions they had. You know, I always question why it was that I was not somebody that's 
spoke up. I had such a hard time advocating for people or myself, especially. And, mm. you know, looking back, I'm like, I understand why. Now I need to dial it back and really not, you know, if, if it's not under God and if it's not God driven, there it's not going to be, it's not going to go well. <laughs> and that's really what I see with the deny yourself. It's like, man, if, if I can really, it's not, it's much more than just deny yourself of sinning because that's actually you liberating yourself with chains of death and destruction. Right. Um, you're doing yourself a favor. <laughs> it's, it's you are saying, no, every bit of me is going to be subservient and submissive to God because mm-hmm. every bit of me 100% knows that's a higher power. That's an all-knowing being that's way higher in wisdom than I could ever be. And if you could right. train yourself to be that responsive, oh my goodness, what cannot, you know, what's, what's impossible, you know? Right, yeah. So, well, I, I think those are my thoughts. Did you have any final thoughts? Or? Uh, I do not. I think we covered a lot and I I am satisfied with our little podcast. I know. Next time we'll probably do more of a free flow combo. <laughs> but this one was good with regards to, you know, hitting the main points. And so my hope is those that listen can get, you know, um, if you if you were there present for this message, uh, walk through memory lane. And those who are new, maybe you can, you know, see that there's uh, other people out there who love God and and really want to aim for uh, righteousness. And, and as we do it, as clumsily as we do, um, <laughs> you can join us. <laughs> so um, there's a place for you. All right. Yay. All right. Thank you. All right. Bye.